The following audio is via a Skype call. You are listening to Animal Soul Wisdom Radio, tapping into wisdom of our animals, angels, and masters with Darcy Pariso. Tune in monthly to learn how you can better understand your animals and deepen your relationship. This hit show calls attention to the many roles animals play in our lives. Through stories and insights, Darcy shares how animals assist us in raising our consciousness and fulfilling our soul's purpose. These busy healers help us with transitions and challenges, love us, and want us to have more joy in our lives. Are you ready to see yourself through your animal's eyes? Learn how they're helping you and walk through life with more ease and grace? Working with ancient healing practices, Darcy can guide you and provide inspiration to move forward. To learn more, go to DarcyPariso.com. Hey, hello, everyone. I'm Darcy Pariso, and you're listening to Animal Soul Wisdom Radio. I'm here on the Dr. Pat Show today on KKNW in Seattle and Transformation Talk Radio. I'm here every second and fourth Thursday of the month. And you can check out my website, darcypariso.com, my Facebook page, Angels and Animals, or go to Dr. Pat's um, weekly calendar for those specific times. So every month I'm here to share stories, personal experiences, and to bring on some really special, some really wonderful guests that are helping animals and all of us. Um, my goal is to help you to understand your animal companions more deeply and just really deepen that relationship and know who you're living with. I always say you'll be amazed. <laughs> the more you know them, the happier your life will be. So I'm an animal communicator, a medium, and an energy healer. And I'm also going to be teaching animal communication classes again after the holidays. So watch for those announcements because I'd love to have you join a class and get to know your animals. So enough about that. I'm very excited because we've got a very special show today. And I know that you are as excited as I am to meet Amanda Geese. So Amanda um, is the founder of Panda Paws Rescue. She has a joy and a passion that's larger than life. And if you watched her show on Animal Planet, you've seen that, you've seen that passion and that joy. Amanda treats the seemingly hopeless animals in her Washington State home. And she mostly focuses on dogs that have been given up on. Um, might be due to major medical problems or some special needs. So together with their children, Jade and Beast, her family cares for these animals in needs. And they help them. They give them a second chance. And they help them to find that forever home, that loving home that they so deserve. So all the people that see an animal with no hope, Amanda looks at an animal and she sees that animal is full of love and needs help, needs her help. So Amanda's the new face on the Animal Planet series, Amanda to the Rescue. And she has launched large-scale rescue missions across the country. She saved dozens of animals from the coast of California after the deadly wildfires to the islands of Hawaii in the eruption of Waiwea. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me today, Darcy. So I have so many questions, and I know that the listeners would like to know everything that they can about you. So why don't we start at the beginning? How did you get into rescue? Well, I actually did not 
think that I was going to become an animal rescuer, but as a small child, I was constantly bringing home animals that were in need, whether I found them at the grocery store or I found my very first animal rescue, a kitten, Jane Doe, um, when she was just a couple weeks old and she was malnourished, covered in fleas, and she was ice cold. We took her to the vet clinic and the vet said, I don't think she's going to live, but if you put the time into her, I'll put the money into her. And I was like, all right, so that's a deal. <laughs> so I took her home and I hand raised her and um, she ended up surviving. And then after that, I was just known as the kid who constantly brought home the animal in need. And, um, you know, so then I, I went to actual medical school while my children were tiny, but I ended up working in a veterinary clinic right after I graduated, just because the hours were a lot better for me being a single mother of two small children. And so I worked 12 hour shifts at night and took care of the kids during the day. And it just kind of shifted my direction from working with humans to working with animals. And now here we are today because I, um, a lot of the animals that would come in as strays that were injured, I would take them under my wing and financially get the you know cost of care done and that sort of thing and then find them a family. And it just kind of snowballed into what it is today. Oh, I can just really see that because you have such a big heart and anybody that reaches out and helps animals, there's so many that need help. And there's so many people that want to know what they can do and how they can help you. They just need like to have, you know, a hundred hands to, to do all that you'd like to. So we so appreciate you. Thank you very much. And there's so many ways that people can help without running their own rescue or um, doing what I'm doing at the skill that I'm doing it, or even what some of my rescue partners are doing it as. Um, there's all kinds of ways that people can help. And I think the biggest platform that people can help is obviously volunteering. Okay, I was gonna ask you to share some of those. Yes, volunteering is great. And do you also um, suggest that people, if they're able to, that maybe they foster animals that have special needs or maybe are recovering from an illness or surgery or those types of things? Yeah, there's a lot of ways to volunteer. Transport is a great way to volunteer, getting an animal from a shelter to a rescue or from a rescue to an adopter, things like that. Transportation is always necessary. Um, and then, of course, you know, volunteering to foster is one of the most critical aspects, especially as far as large scale rescues or, or shelters go. Um, fostering is a critical aspect when it comes to puppies and kittens and um, animals that are post-operative care. And then you know, you can also volunteer at your local shelter, volunteer a couple hours a week helping to clean or socialize, walk a dog, um, volunteer to do a fundraiser for a shelter or a rescue. There's just a lot, somebody has a talent, everybody has a talent out there and it's, you know, honing in on what that is and how can you, how you can best help a nonprofit with your talent and skill. Mm, I love that, I love that because we can all start a fundraiser and for one thing, and I would love to foster, I have an older dog that has, you know, some medical concerns. So I had to, um, I started my career volunteering and I had to step back for a little bit until she got better, but I do plan to foster in the future. But transporting, would that include um, where you live in Washington State, Washougal? Um, is that mm -hmm. the border? Yeah, we are right across the border in Washington. So how we do our transports, we do them a couple different, couple different ways. You'll see one of them Saturday on episode seven of Manage the Rescue, which is where I will go to a location with a giant vehicle and we will fill as many animals as we can to bring them back to Washington. And some come to my care and some go into the care of my rescue partners. Um, and then we also do a daisy chain transport, which is where um, you'll see this on quite a few episodes too, where the animal starts with, let's just say Lydia at Valley Oak SPCA. A first volunteer picks that animal up and then they daisy chain all the way up where they, they cover about an hour to two hours of driving 
from Central California all the way to Washington. And so there's, that's another way that people can help. Maybe they can't go four days out of their way, but maybe they can handle two or three hours of transport. So there's all kinds of ways to get involved with the transportation aspect. Okay, that's great. That's great to know. So if somebody were interested in helping you do that, um, whether it's California to Washington or elsewhere, how would they find out? How would they learn more about that? Like, would they contact? 100% on Facebook. So our Facebook platform is where we share our transport needs. Um, we have an amazing volunteer named Amy Jo Keller. She puts together the sheet and divides all the different legs into about an hour, hour and a half each. And people can just sign up and say, hey, I live in Kansas and I can do legs seven, eight, and nine. Or I live in Idaho and I can do legs four and five. Like it's, it really depends on what state the animals are coming from. Um, but those volunteers in that area get an opportunity to sign up and, and choose the legs that they're able to do. Okay, that's great information because I'd be interested in doing that. Yeah, it's really fun. And we have animals that come from the Seattle area as well. They come down south. Um, and I have amazing rescue partners in the Seattle area too. And sometimes they reach out and need help. And whenever we're able to help them, of course, we always want to do that. Yeah, oh, that's, that's really great. So Amanda, I was always under the impression that you work primarily with dogs, but you sometimes um, work with other animals, correct? Yeah, this um, season, in fact, last set, Saturday, episode six, we had a feline frenzy episode. So for all the crazy cat ladies and gentlemen out there, they're going to love it because you get to see pterodactyl. We pronounce the P in pterodactyl for the record. So it's pterodactyl and she's a special needs kitten as well as rowdy cat um, who we go to surgery with. And so we definitely do cats, dogs. We've done birds, lizards, snakes, spiders, porcupines, hedgehogs. Like <laughs> 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 call it an animal. We have definitely tried helping them. So we've had quite a few um, domestic animals as well as wildlife. And with our wildlife, we always try to do rehabilitation release, of course, because the wild is the best place for wild animal. Um, but we don't just stop at dogs. But the, the biggest criteria is that everything is major medical, special needs, or hospice. Okay, okay. But you have saved so many lives. I, I just love watching your program, and it really touches my heart. <laughs> you know, I'm like everyone else. Have, yeah, we've officially um, saved over 5,000 animals through my home. 5,000. Wow. One person and one family, 5,000 animals. Congratulations. That's huge. Thank you. That's huge. So talking about your family, so your children, um, Jade and Beast, what are their parts in the rescue? Do they fill in where as needed? they help with any training, any feeding? Yeah, well, they both step up, especially when we have multiple physical therapy cases, multiple dogs that have just come out of surgery. Um, and when I have my hands full, obviously not only running the rescue and taking care of all these animals, but on top of that, filming a television show. So when, you know, when I need extra help, they definitely step up and do that. Um, this year, Beast took a veterinary class. And so he is very fresh on all of his veterinary terms and, and things like that. And I think that he finds it really interesting when I bring something home that he just got done learning about, and then he's able to implement what, you know, the, like the physical therapies and know what he's doing, um, including like all the muscle groups and things like that. So um, both kids really jump in when it comes to physical therapies, all kinds of PTs. Beast is very good about helping with keep maintaining the yard and making sure it's safe for the animals. And, you know, any, anytime I need giant kenneling carried around or, or pressure washed out or whatever, he's always on top of that. And Jade is really, really big about the socialization aspect of it. So she spends a tremendous amount of time with each of the rescues. As soon as my kids come home from school and it, you know, now that they're teenagers, it's not just my kids, all the kids come home from school to my house. So I have a plethora of 
teenagers that walk through the door and they're always just on the floor with the animals, picking them up, like spinning, sitting there on the couch with them for 20, 30, 40 minutes. So our animals are very, very socialized thanks to the teenagers as well. Um, but the older they get, you know, they obviously I want them to be teens and have their own social life and go have fun and, and have normal teen lives too. So it's just a balance between work and play. Well, you know, those are some pretty lucky animals, first of all, that they're under your care and then they get all that love and attention from your own kids plus all their friends. Yeah. And, you know, Jade really stepped up in, in the last year too. She actually um, works as my assistant now too. And so she does a lot of my emails. She sends out the, gets the thank you sent off to everybody who donates. And um, she's now helping with the Facebook and social media platforms. Like she's, you know, it's kind of like her very first real job. And so she's, She's my little personal assistant and it's amazing because they've grown up in this. So when, when they speak, they speak with so much confidence about whatever it is, whatever topic, it could be a medical ailment and she can just go on and on and on about it because that's all they've ever known. So that's pretty cool too. You know, what a bonus. I mean, what a great start in life to go forward in whatever they choose to do. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and how much this has influenced their lives and their choices and who they are as a human being. Wow. Absolutely. I think it's really grown my children with a tremendous amount of compassion, um, mm -hmm. patience, and you have to have a great sense of humor if you run in a rescue too. So they're pretty <laughs> <good>. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you're very, very proud of them. That's it's amazing. I am extremely proud of them. And, you know, no matter what they go on to do in life, I know that this upbringing around all of these animals and like this, how selfless you have to be. I know that's going to enrich their lives as adults. And Jade herself, she wants to go into the veterinary world. She wants to be working surgery. And so I could just, I envision someday when she's graduated and she's, you know, got that veterinary license, I can see her and I working together, which would be a whole different platform and so neat to, to see come to fruition. Uh, yeah. I, I was thinking about that. I can't, Imagine that they wouldn't do something to help animals, even if it wasn't their mainstay their, or their job, that they'd still be involved in it because yeah. once, you, oh, once you have this love for animals, you can't walk away. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this season on the show, you're actually going to see them. They go to the airport and they pick up an animal and do a transport without me. And then they also fly across the country without me and pick up a special needs animal and fly that dog back to me. They went together, um, which was really exciting for me. We kind of did a I know that most people never have thought about doing parent swap, but my best friend Sadie has a teenage daughter. She's my goddaughter. And we decided to do a parent swap, a kid swap. So Gertie stayed with me and she got her um, community service hours and volunteering and helping me with physical therapies and taking care of some pretty significant cases. And Sadie flew with my children cross country, but she had very strict orders not to intervene, let the kids do this, let them figure it out, work as a team. And I, I just wanted that team building experience for them, but also I wanted them to see the other stuff that mom does when she's out getting animals and saving lives um, for their own selves and just to see how much work goes into it and, and the things you got to really think about and you can't cut corners on certain things. So they got to go experience that and they did phenomenally. Oh, I bet. I bet. They've, they've been um, in school grooming, you know, learning, training, studying this whole time. Yeah. And I mean, I had, mine was a piece of cake. I had one 13 year old daughter with me and Sadie came back and she was like, okay, I'm going back to having one kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, families well, have all, all different things. <laughs> well, that, my kids are, they're older. They're almost 16 and almost 18, but they're also like best friends. 
and man, they're hilarious, but they're also, they're teenagers and they can gang up on you. And so Satan, by the end of it, <laughs> Sadie came back and I was like, are you okay? <laughs> oh, that's funny. So another thing that I've noticed when I'm watching the show, I occasionally will see, you know, somebody filming and I, I think about, you know, what is that like to have people filming the show in your house? And I mean, I, personal space probably more than you. <laughs> there is no such thing as personal space when you are on a documentary series reality show. Okay. Um, we have a film crew of five and they pretty much live with me um, for the majority of most days. I usually at least have one day a week off, but for the most part, they're with me between eight and 20 hours a day. Um, they film everything, including me waking up in the morning morning, getting ready, you know, everything. They film it all. Um, and that's because it really is a documentary series. And so they're documenting my life and the journey of these animals. And when you turn the camera off, that's typically when great stuff happens. So they leave them on. Um, but it's really neat because, because we have such a small, intimate group um, and we're all really, really good friends, they become like brothers to me. And the, the kids consider them uncles. Uh, we, we just have a really great working relationship and we even hang out when we're not working because we actually like each other that much. So I'm very, very fortunate for that, that it's not like um, an oil water situation. Instead, it's just like six peas in a pod situation. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the little glimpses that you see, I mean, you've got that impression. And I think that um, anybody that was involved in your life or sharing space or whatever would feel very comfortable because you're just, that's how you are. You're very gracious and very um, open and accepting, and I haven't seen you gotten, I don't see you getting mad, so. I don't really get mad about very much. The, that's one thing that the rescue and um, being a single mom and raising teens has definitely done, is taught me an exceptional amount of patience um, and communication also. So I don't really get upset or frustrated very often. Um, and I don't I mean there's really nothing to get frustrated on. That's what's really nice about this show. And the, the film crew always says it all the time is how can you be upset or mad? Like we're working with some of the greatest animals you could ever meet. We're working with great people, amazing humanitarians, amazing animal advocacy. So you can't really be upset. It's a great project to work on for everybody. But I will say, you know, it's very interesting when you still have your microphone on and you realize that you went to the bathroom and they're still rolling and you come out and you're like, so sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't turn my mic off. <laughs> I just go. <laughs> well, yeah, it's probably just as common as, you know, wearing your clothes. I mean, it's just always <laughs> so. Yeah, we have like this little inside joke. I'm actually going to get it tattooed. I'm going to get the number 488.1, which is my microphone. Um, the actual like frequency that's the number of my specific mic and I wear it every single day and so when they come in I'm, and they have all the the lobs all the microphones I'm like I'm 488.1 so I say it every single day and so now they're in the habit of when I come in they're like you're 488.1 <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's funny we have a ton of inside jokes a ton and we laugh like we laugh so much on set it's so even during like hard times you have to find the silver lining but we constantly are having fun laughing about it. We film a ton in, in every single room of the house. So it's, it's almost like when we stopped filming and the crew came back to the house, Maui, one of our, our, he's our director of photography and cameraman, he walked in the house after like two weeks of being gone and he was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm home again. He goes, I've, like he lives in my house more than he's at his own house. So when they come <laughs> over, they're like, oh, I feel like I'm home again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, it's a very nice extended family, isn't it? It is. And I love that you guys get to see us break the fourth wall and 
see the reality of there's camera people everywhere. <laughs> yeah, because you wonder, you know, is that comfortable? I mean, I would assume that you're all working together and, and that they love animals as much as you do and that it's very much part of their lives. And so it's very meaningful. Absolutely. In fact, um, as you see last season, as well as this season, especially on the next Saturday's episode and the one after that, you, you guys are going to see them really step up to the plate where obviously I ask them constantly when we're flying if they'll check their, their cameras and their bags and take an animal instead, which, you know, filming a television show, that makes the whole journey kind of tricky. So they've started filming a lot with their cell phones because they're checking their actual real cameras so that I can save more lives. And so or essentially they're saving a life. And so um, you'll see more cell phone footage just because it's more important for us to film and document it on the cell phone and save a life than it is to have that really beautiful, clear lens photography, you know? So uh, yeah. we just have had to make some adjustments for the better so that we can do more. Mm, and I've seen them do that on several of your shows. And I think, you know, what an amazing crew you have and, you know, like attracts like, so there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I have so many things to ask you. Um, what would you like to go to next? Do you want to talk about some favorite um, favorite times or when you went to meet um, Tia Torres? Yeah, so we have the first ever crossover episode between Pitbulls and Parolees and Amanda to the Rescue. Tia has never paired up or partnered up with anyone before, and I believe she's on her 14th season at this point. So that says quite a bit. It's quite an honor that she... And I um, have built this friendship and this trust within each other that she was willing to partner up with us. And the, the, how it all came about is she had a dog in her care named Bean, and he's a three-legged German shepherd. He had been shot in his back leg and went to the Assumption Parish shelter, which is concrete and it's cold and scary. And they went and picked him up and they were hoping to actually fix his leg, but unfortunately it couldn't be saved. So they did an amputation and he was there for about seven months just with no interest, no Nobody had put an application for him. There wasn't really any chatter about him. And I saw him on social media and I just knew that we could help not only Bean, but help her with him just so that she could see that adoption through. So I reached out to see if we could come get him because I was already headed to, to the East Coast to do a Southern transport rescue. And so I reached out to see if we could also add Bean to our list. And uh, that's exactly what we did. So it's, it's a really cool um, two-part series which starts on her show at 9 p.m. on Pitbulls and Prolies, and then it moves straight into Amanda to the Rescue. So it's a two-hour special. Um, but it's, it's really fun. And you know what's really neat about it is Tia and I actually bonded and created our friendship over really late night, hours-long phone calls. And I think a lot of that is because we're both women running rescues. We are both raising our children in rescue. And then on top of that, we both happen to do all of that on global television, <laughs> which is a pretty narrow world. I think she's the only person I know that does that. <laughs> so, you know, as far as likeness and being able to relate to the lifestyle that that is and how it changes your life and, you know, the, just, you have to adapt to certain things. You know, she's the only person that really understands that world fully as a mom, a rescuer and a television host. So, um, we bonded over the phone and then, it's just now grown to not only do we work together on this season once with Bean, but then we actually go back again and help with another dog that she reached out um, to us to see if we could help with. So and now I, now we have a lasting partnership and I'm sure that relationship will continue for many, many, many decades to come. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is a great partnership. You know, I've seen some clips of the show and I've seen Bean um, <laughs> on Pitbulls and Paroles. I don't know if it was just a little blur, but I've seen like bits and pieces of, mm -hmm. Yeah, that, 
Yep, that's the little sneak peek of the Pitbulls and Parolees episode. And then I think today for the first time, I saw the little sneak peek of the Amanda to the rescue side of it. So I'm hoping everybody tunes in for that two-hour segment. There won't even be a commercial between our episodes. It literally will go from Tia's episode straight into my episode. And it follows the journey of of being, a.k.a. Beanie Meanie. (laughs) And again, you said that that's going to be this Saturday evening, right? Yep, that's this Saturday. I'm so excited for it. There was so much work that went into all of it, you know, obviously with being and working together. And it's so interesting going on somebody else's television show and filming with them. It's like, it, it was, it was so, it was neat to experience because it's just somebody else's world, but it's very parallel to my world, <laughs> but very different. <laughs> yes, it is very different, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You have all the animals where they're, um, you know, they're in their crates or in their, their beds and, Yours are sleeping in your home and probably with the child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's different. And that was one of the best things for Bean was he was moving from a higher volume um, shelter atmosphere to an in-home intimate area where he could actually learn that confidence and um, learn how to just be a, a house you know, a companion, a dog, essentially. Um, but you know, those dogs out there in Assumption Parish and at the Villalobos Rescue Center are quite spoiled. So they have a lot of room to run. They have a, an amazing um, team of volunteers and workers that are out there with them. I think throughout the, the two days that I was there, I saw all of her children throwing, like all of her children were there working, showing up at different hours and working. It was incredible. And you know, everyone is so nice there, but the dogs definitely, while it's not our atmosphere and style, um, the dogs are definitely living a more plush life than they typically would live in the South. Yeah, that's so wonderful to see. And you can see everybody's heart is in. And it's also so great that, you know, people that, some of the guys that might not be able to find another job, I just think that what a perfect Mm -hmm. job. I mean, how healing is that to be able to, to get that unconditional love from an animal and to give back and Well, and what's so amazing about parolees are the majority of them are extremely great people that made a bad decision and to not be able to reintegrate back into the world with, without stigma and judgment, that's, that's horrific. You know, they, they did their time. They are now free to, you know, make better choices and and show that they're great people. And I do believe that by nature, most people are, are good and have goodness in them. But unfortunately, you know, once you are a parolee, you have a stigma above your head. So for her to give those guys and and girls that, that second chance, um, she's really saving the ultimate underdog when it comes to humans. And I think that's extremely commendable. She's, she's a mother to many, not just to her own children. She certainly is. She certainly is. And she's really showing the world like to give second chances and to look beyond somebody's bad mistake. You know, everyone makes mistakes and most of us have made similar mistakes, I'm sure in life. Uh, But a lot of people either just didn't get caught or it didn't hurt somebody, you know, so just to give somebody a second chance and really get to know them as they are. I get a ton of inmate mail because um, in the jails across the United States, one of the channels that they do have is Animal Planet. And a lot of the jails that I get inmate letters from, they have the, the dog program or the cat program where they get to help train them and raise them and get them ready for adoption. And to hear them thanking me and how inspiring it is that they, they're so excited about their um, programs and their jails, like that really, it, it makes my heart grow a million sizes. So I can only imagine how that feels for her, knowing that she's really, truly given second chances to many, many people. And, you know, you see it and you talk about that and I just feel in my heart too. It's just so, it's such a beautiful thing to do and such a win-win for everybody. 
but um, this, these are really great guys that are on there. I mean, you can just see their heart and their desire to care, you know, to help and to care. And, and, and even when they have to do chores that maybe are not the most desirable, you know, they do it because they love the animals. And yeah, and they take pride in it. And I think that's something that I would say resonated the most while I was there is the amount of pride that everybody took in their jobs and working with the animals. It was like, I mean, what a great life to be able to work with animals. I can say that because that's what I do. Um, and so for these for these gentlemen to be able to work with these animals, that's therapeutic for themselves as well. And it really gives them a purpose and it gives them, at the end of the day, they can lay their head down and know that they're giving back in such an amazing way. Yes. And, you know, I also want to applaud the people that adopt the dogs because I've just really been touched about how many people will come from all over the country and they say, you know, I wanted to help one of these dogs. Mm-hmm. to help a pit bull. I wanted to help this dog that's struggling or that's older or, you know, whatever it might be, but they could easily have gone to their local shelter or purchased an animal somewhere, but this is what they did. So it says a lot about those people too. It really does. We have adopters all over the country. In fact, um, I just got done doing an adoption in New Jersey, but we have uh, people who adopt from all over the place. And you know, you know, when you just, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I have, when you see an animal and you just know that is your animal, you just, there's something that's drawing you towards each other. Like there's a connection. You just know it's supposed to be yours. And, mm-hmm. and then when they apply and actually all of the, the, po- the polka dots, all the puzzle pieces come together and it fits so perfectly. Uh, it just, it's like, then I know that they're meant to be, a, I don't want to say the word fate, but I do feel like that sometimes. I see that quite a bit in our adoptions and I'm really picky about our adoptions in the sense that I don't want it just to be a great match for the person wanting that animal, but I need it to be a great match for the animal picking that person as well. You know, the lifestyle has to fit um, all the needs and all the, ch- all the boxes need to be checked off to make sure it's a win-win for both sides. And, um, and just to see all these people that have huge hearts coming out from everywhere, that also renews my faith in humanity because it says, you know, even with these major medical special needs and hospice cases that we have, there's still so many good people out there that are willing to open their hearts and their homes and give them great quality of lives for however long they have them. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that I believe from my work, Amanda, is that, um, I believe that, you know, energy attracts energy and that we've had many lives together and that the animals that have been in our lives previously, they find us again and we recognize something. It might be their energy signature. It might be their eyes, but there's just something somehow you, and it's usually something random. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not like you set out, like, I'm going to find this dog or, and he's going to find me and whatever. It's just like suddenly they show up in your backyard or somebody moves or you don't, he's lost and you didn't find the owner and you tried and pretty soon you're in love with them and forget it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And not even that, but I also think sometimes you come in contact with somebody else's animal that you're not going to be adopting or taking into your own home, but you come across someone else's animal and there's just that, that really stark obviousness that it's almost like you've known that animal before. Yeah. It's a soul connection. So. Yeah. Well, and I think, so I, I, for me, like in my, in spirituality, I think that when we die, you know, our bodies are shells. I think that when we die, we're obviously kinetic energy. We have energy in us. I think that when you pass that energy has to go somewhere. And I, you know, I don't think that it's like, Oh, it's gone zap. I think that it actually goes and transforms somewhere. And who, who absorbs that, you know, whether it be someone that's negative, that needs a positive energy or somebody that's, 
you know what I'm saying? I think that energy just goes somewhere into the atmosphere. I don't think it just disappears. Um, and sometimes I think that that's what comes back around to us too. Yes, yes, it's very true. And I've seen, um, this might sound a little crazy, but I've not only seen this in readings that I've done for others, but I've seen it in my own animals when I have um, my two dogs. I have two dogs and a cat. I have just one Havanese right now. But they have, um, they help each other out. So when my Havanese is not doing well, and she has had her up and downs the last couple of months where it was looking like, you know, this might be time to say goodbye. And suddenly, she perks up and she's a lot better. Mm -hmm. The difference though is that she, her energy is different. And yeah. this is not, okay, so who's here? And it will be, for a while it was my King Charles Spaniel came and offered some of his energy. He crossed over a couple of years ago, three years ago, and he um, you know, sends her some of his energy. And so she is embodying both. And suddenly she's able to go on walks again and she's got energy and she's happy. and um, and I've given her permission. I you know you can go whenever you want to. I support you. I don't want to hold you back in any way. Of course, I'll miss you, but I know you'll visit. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, I want to be with you a little longer. So when that dog was with her for about a month and a half, she dropped down a little bit. And then suddenly she had another different energy feel. And I thought, okay, I was really, you know, very close with my dogs. And I recognize their energy and who they are. And we talk right away. Um, my cat was a little more offish and we just kind of, you know, let her do her own thing pretty much. And at the end, she really stepped up because I said, you know, I really wish you would come and sit in my lap and let me give you Reiki and let me just, you know, hold you a little bit. And, and she did. And she did, did all those things for me. But anyway, this cat came and gave my dog some energy so that she could stay too. So they kind of share her body sometimes. And that's why she's still here. And she's just not ready to go, but her body... Yeah. It's kind of failing her. And those senior years are the best years. Whenever I see, you know, somebody, you know, take their senior to a shelter and I don't want to judge because everyone has different circumstances and I don't know everyone's circumstance, but those who just don't want to have their animal through their senior years or they don't want to, you know, be the one that has to humanely euthanize and things like that. Those always just break my heart because those senior years are some of the best years. Those are the years where your animal has loved you unconditionally and they've been your best friend for all of these years. And for them to be on their very last few days or months, that's the time to really absorb and soak up everything and cherish those memories and be there for them. So I love senior animals. And I also love when people adopt seniors because you know exactly what you're getting. You know, when you meet an animal and they're a senior, they are who they are. Sure, they can learn new tricks. You know, that's obvious. But um, you really get their temperament, their personality, and exactly who that animal is. So I'm all about seniors. <laughs> I do, too. In fact, that's my dream. Uh, moving forward, I would love to have a little more land and just adopt senior dogs. That's what I intend to do. I don't know how that's going to happen yet, but usually I put the thoughts out there and things pretty good at manifesting so we're going to see about this one <laughs> yeah so oh we could talk forever about all these things couldn't we oh yeah yeah so, especially just the theory of it all <laughs> what, i'm sorry what was that especially like the theory of it all just all the different theories and just you know i we could go on and on and on forever <laughs> yeah yeah definitely definitely so there are still so many things that i'd like to ask you um you know, I mentioned before that your show, Amanda to the Rescue, is it at 10 p.m.? 
it is at 10 p.m. on Animal Planet. It's okay. also on Amazon and iTunes. Um, you can find it in other places if you don't have the Animal Planet channel, uh, channel and Animal Planet Go, of course. Okay, because I think I said nine earlier. I was thinking it was nine. Then I realized I think it's older. It's later than that. Excuse me. Yeah, that's because um, Tia Torres has Pitbulls and Parolees on at nine, and then we're on at 10. So we're always directly after them. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks for clarifying that. So what are some of your favorite moments, favorite stories? Favorite moments with um, the show or with rescue? It could be either or. It could be the, the show, Amanda to the Rescue, or, or otherwise. I think some of the, well, with the show, I would definitely say um, seeing it come together because I live that life 24 7. So mm -hmm. then when I see, you know, a month of my life truncated down into a one hour episode, I'm like, first of all, it does it amazing justice. But second of all, how did they do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the magic of that all is pretty amazing. Um, but rescue, the, my favorite is a successful adoption, a happily ever after. That is always my favorite, that feeling of, you know, because I love these animals when they come into my care and I, I take care of them through all their medical needs and whatnot. And when I see that animal get adopted, but I see the elation, the happiness on that family's face, that definitely is the icing on top for me. That's the whole reason to continue once that animal leaves to bring another one in that spot. So I would say that's definitely the highlight is the happily ever after. Mm -hmm. And you have, you seem to have an amazing supply of adopters too, people that you've vetted and that you know we're going to do a really great job, take care of the animals. And Yeah, we're really fortunate to have such an amazing um, group of adopters and a lot of that comes from my transparency and working really really hard over the last decade plus to gain the trust of the general public and be transparent and show them um, authenticity and, and how genuine I really am but also our platform at Panda Paws Rescue and that took a lot of time to build the trust of the public and and have them be as passionate about it as I am um, but because of all that hard work and effort and transparency now we have an amazing amazing lineup of adopters. In fact, you know, we may have one animal go up for adoption and I have to shut off applications within like 12 hours because we'll have a hundred adoption applications. <laughs> you know, we only have one of that dog. So um, we're, we're just really, really fortunate. And um, we have a meet every single person who applies. We even have like 20 great adoption applications on one dog. And I just wish that I had 20 of that exact same dog because all of them would be great families. So it gets really difficult to try to narrow it down. And that's where it comes down to little fine tuned things of if I was this animal, what exactly would I want my home to look like? And it doesn't mean that the other homes aren't absolutely exceptional and amazing. But since I only have one, that means 19 other families have to just hold on a little bit longer. Um, and wait for their next dog. But I do have to say that I think that that also comes down to, you know, again, I don't want to use the word fate, but sometimes it is like when it's meant to be yours, it's meant to be, you know, and if you go and apply for an animal and it doesn't happen or it's, I don't want to say you get turned down because that's not what I'm doing. It's more, I don't have 20 of that animal. So if you're one of those 19 that didn't get chosen, um, that just meant it's not the right time. Like there is one that's going to come. And when that animal comes into your life, you're going to go, oh, this is why because this is my best friend. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. And I've seen that when people have called and said, I adopted this dog and I want to know more about him. <laughs> and they, they might often tell a story similar to what you're saying. You know, we looked at this dog, but it didn't work out. Now we have her. Oh, it's just perfect. Mm -hmm. Yep. It is divine right timing. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So when people watch your show, 
what do you hope that they will take away from it or experiences and what are some of the comments I guess you've gotten back from people that you know that people have shared with you about just the program itself and how it might have changed them or maybe seen things differently or I think our show spreads a lot of inspiration but hope I think that's one of the biggest words I could use. It's only a four letter, four letter word, but hope. I think when people um, watch e each episode, they're, they have like a lot of people say their faith in humanity is renewed, um, makes them feel like they're empowered to do more. Um, they're educated uh, throughout our show. And so I think that it's just really inspirational as far as just be a good human. And one of my coin phrases that I always say is kindness is cool. And the amount of times people now say that back to me is so incredible, but it's true. Um, <laughs> growing up, you know, kindness wasn't like a platform that we really were teaching kids. It was more, we just expected kids to be kids type of scenario. Um, but as we brought bullying and that sort of thing into the limelight more and lack of equality and lack of acceptance into limelight more, and we're actually talking about it now, um, it's just a bigger platform that we really do share that message that kindness is cool. It's cool to be kind. It's not cool to be a jerk, you know? So um, I think that's one of the biggest things. And then I would say the amount of people that have reached out and just said like this show has saved their life or this show has in inspired them to do X, Y, or Z, or this show has brought them out of depression. This show has taught them that even though they're struggling with something in their own life, um, these animals have really taught them that they can overcome it and that, you know, they just really need to hold on to that spirit of maybe super scooty and really overcome whatever it is that they're battling in their own life. So those kind of comments are pretty amazing. Plus, um, my dog Gru has a condition called Dandy Walker-like syndrome, which we call it Dandy Walker-like in the veterinary world because it's not been diagnosed per se. He's been diagnosed. It's not been actually like a, a common thing. He's the only one my neurologist has ever seen. Um, and in the human world, it's called Dandy Walker syndrome. And it's also not very common, but because we shed light on it and use the true proper name, the Dandy Walker community has been over the moon excited that they're finally getting some visibility for their human children that have the same condition that he does. And so those are the things that like give me chills up my spine because that's just really inspirational for me. Wow, it really is. It's giving me chills too. Every animal touches so many lives and the TV show is just spreading, spreading, spreading. And I think you're a, a front runner, a forerunner, right? Yeah. And there's like so all many, of those things. There's so many topics in this world that are just now getting um, the attention. Um, for example, transgender, um, Down syndrome, they're interracial, um, same-sex marriage, women in the military things like that. And season two, we literally touch base on all of those topics because those are our adopters. And so we're really equal opportunity when it comes to adopting. And, and I think that, you know, if we didn't have a show, that's great. We would still be doing these things, but to be able to do that on the television show and shed, uh, you know, limelight on the fact that these are all amazing people, like don't judge them based off of those things, those superficial things. Like these are all incredible, incredible people. And had you not, um, had we not shown the other side of their life, you would never even know. You would think you would never judge them. So I think that that's really cool too, is not only is this show really good for animal advocacy and helping to change laws and do that sort of thing, but it's also really great for just humankind as well. It really is. And it's, it's such a powerful message. So 
Thank you again for that. You know, you mentioned um, Scooby and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with Scooby and Locomoco. Yep, Super Scooty, Locomoco. Loco I think it was a couple Loco. shows ago. Yeah, Locomoco is actually now, oh, man, he's big. He's big boy. He's um probably 75 pounds or so. He's a big nugget, but he is exceptionally well-trained. His best friend is an orange kitty cat, um, <laughs> of course, um, but he's doing really well. And then uh, Super Scooty is also doing great. She's living the dream. And in fact, I, I do think that her parents, since she is a super senior, I think that her parents are trying to cram an entire lifetime of love and experiences and memories in. So that little girl is spoiled and has the best life ever. There's nothing wrong with that. No. <laughs> it's just amazing too how animals, they, they just are, they just, they are who they are. They accept, you know, where they're at and what's going on. And so to see um, Scooty, who's a Pomeranian, right? Yeah. Um, and she had malformed feet. It wasn't a big deal. She just, you know. Yeah. She had her malformed feet. Actually, we had another one just like that in rescue a little less than a year ago um, named Bunny. And Bunny's a puppy and, and Super Scooty's 10. And it was kind of cool to be able to show Bunny's adopters, hey, look, uh, Super Scooty made it all the way to 10 without any issues with arthritis or anything like that. And so that was really neat for them to see, you know, basically what Bunny's going to be like in 10 years. <laughs> oh, that is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And her teeth, I know there were problems with that, that she had missing teeth and teeth had rotted. Yeah, we don't know a lot of her back history. We only know that for the last year before coming into our care, she was in a home by herself. Her, her human owner had passed away and someone was stopping by the house every day to give her food and water. Um, but after a year, they relinquished her into Aloha Elio's care. And then they transferred her over to our care because it would be very, very hard to get her adopted on the island, um, but much easier for her to get adopted, you know, in front of our platform at Panda Paws Rescue. So um, that's how she came into our care, but we really don't know much before that. We don't know if her, she came from a puppy mill. We don't know if, you know, I, we don't know anything. Um, but typically when we see that on dogs, it is because they've had poor living conditions. Um, they haven't had fresh water. A lot of times in puppy mills, they they drink out of basically the same type of container that a hamster or a bunny rabbit would with the little metal ball in the end. And um, so they don't have fresh water. It's a lot of bacteria in their mouth and it does cause their teeth to rot out. And then oftentimes it causes the lower jaw to rot out as well. Mm, it's really sad, but I'm, I'm very happy that she has such a loving family now. Absolutely. And you can tell that she was loved. You can just tell that for the last year of her life that she clearly, um, she needed help. <laughs> so now she's got it. Her hair's all grown in. It's so beautiful. And she's just got that super scooty smile that you cannot not love. Yeah. And you know, it's really nice too. People are animals. They can have, you know, some pretty horrific things happen to them. And, but once they feel safe and they feel loved and cared for, it can, it can change everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they're not their story. They're living in the moment. And this is where I am now. I love that about them. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Amanda, too, I wanted to mention that um, I was reading that you've been nominated for the Critics' Choice Real TV Award for Best Animal and Nature Show. Yes, we did get that nomination. And um, so we got the Television Critics Association Award Awards, um, Best Reality Television, Animal Television Show. And then we also won the United States of America, the Humane Society for the United States of America, um, the Genesis Award for 2018, 
and then which was presented this year. And then we won the National Animal Control Association Bill Lehman Award for 2019. And then this last weekend, uh, we were nominated for and we won Best Reality Television Show and Best Female Actress of a Reality Television Show from the Women's Images Awards. Um, so we, we have been getting quite a bit of recognition um, for the show, for my efforts, for the efforts of everyone from Discovery all the way down through Animal Planet and Indigo Films, and everyone who's put a tremendous amount of hard work into this project. Um, but the nominations themselves, whether it's a, a win or just a nomination, that recognition to me is a win because it means we're, we're doing things that are loud and important. Oh, absolutely. And I would say that you know, most of the world <laughs> would, um, could recognize that very easily. You know, you're, you're all about helping, loving, and, and righting a wrong sometimes or, or just going, okay, you know, this is what happened. This is a story. And, and where do we go from here? And how do we change that and make it better? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You are making such a difference in you know, your, from your weekly TV program or just anything that you're doing. Every life you touch is like just going out there. You know, and what's great about it is whether there was a show or no show, I've been doing this for over a decade. And, you know, I will, I will continue doing this. This is definitely a platform that I'm extremely passionate about. And I think that we're just beginning right here. We're just starting to make giant changes and moves. And, you know, there's a lot in legislation that I would like to change and I would like to advocate for when it comes to animal welfare topics. And I think that this limelight is incredible because we can use that to benefit animal lives and we can use that to benefit human lives as well. Um, but I think that this is just starting, you know, it's crazy because I've been doing this forever and ever and ever it feels like, but it does feel like it's just beginning. And it's the time, it's the energy. And I think people are ready to step up and help and speak up. And, you know, in the past, you could see um, maybe an animal along a cat or dog alongside the road or, or at the neighbors left outside and not being fed or, and people would say, oh, that's too bad, or they'd shake their head, but they didn't want to get involved or were afraid to or didn't know what to do. And I think that's really changing. I think so too, and I think it's because we're empowering people to actually stand up against evil, to stand up against wrong, and, and to be a part of the positive change. If you don't, you know, if it, if it hurts your heart to see it, then do something about it. And I think that we're, not just myself, but collectively people like myself are giving others that permission to get involved the permission to to feel like and and making them feel like they have a voice because they do and especially for children and elderly people and animals the people that need our voice and our advocacy and our our protection the most i think that's what we're we're extending the platform to everybody to be a better person and to help yeah and it's such a you know it's perfect too our social media is such a great tool to spread this and i mean all of my friends are always sending me pictures of, you know, animals, cats, dogs, horses, or funny things, um, things that are happening, you know, in government and how we're making changes and sign petitions and just all of it. There's so many pieces to it. Yeah. And it's not just here in the United States of America either. While we just um, passed making animal, um, animal abuse a, a felony, animal neglect and cruelty a felony, um, over in Taiwan, they are the first country over in Asia to actually change some of their animal welfare laws as well. And I think that they're really going to be the pioneer and the leaders when it comes to animal welfare advocacy. And I think every country around this globe needs it, not just the United States of America, but everywhere really, really does need um, that first person to kind of put their foot down and say, all right, this is the way we're going to do it now. And so, you know, even, even just being in Taiwan a couple weeks ago for 
um, the Discovery Festival, I was learning all kinds of their laws that have changed. And I think that's, it's just really nice seeing, even in the last year or two, seeing drastic changes that I'm shocked they weren't done, you know, like before I was born. <laughs> but seeing, yeah. even though we're heading in, into 2020, to see it still happening right now means that we really are, we're making moves in the right direction in a positive manner so that we can, you know, protect the animals and protect children and protect seniors. And I'm just seeing it all over. Yeah, yeah, that's really wonderful. You know, I knew that you had gone to Taiwan and I wondered if it was a rescue mission or if it was something else. I think I saw some pictures on your site or somewhere, but. Yeah, I was in Taiwan for the Discovery Festival. Um, last year I went to the Philippines for the Discovery Festival. Discovery owns Animal Planet and so it, we're all one big happy family. Um, and they bring over some of their um, talent, some of their show hosts or whatnot to host the, these giant events that have like 130,000 people. And so we have this Animal Planet section and I get to hang out with all these amazing animal lovers. And um, I got to get together with their city council in Taiwan as well as meet their mayor and um, sign this partnership between the two of us to further education and make even grander strides in Taiwan. And like I said, I think they're really going to be a giant leader um, that side of the country or that side of the world in making these changes. And I think other countries like that are just going to follow suit, which is exactly what we need. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you're instrumental in creating this and getting this movement behind it. Yeah. Energy behind it to get people on board. So again, thank you for all you do. You know, thank you. <laughs> end of the show already. And I wanted to make sure that everybody has a chance to um, get your information, get your website, any ways to contact you, um, how they can help again, just any information you'd like to share with their listeners. Maybe well, you're Yeah, for the television show, um, the Instagram is Amanda to the Rescue. The Facebook is Amanda to the Rescue. You can watch us at 10 p.m. on Animal Planet. You can also find us on Amazon and iTunes if you do not have Animal Planet on your cable subscription. And then if you're looking for Panda Paws Rescue information, our website is www.pandapawsrescue.org. You can find us on Facebook under Panda Paws Rescue as well. And um, we do have an FAQ on our website, and I encourage everybody to just read through that it's about 10 different FAQs that we frequently get asked um, with the answers to those. And if people are interested in helping or donating, um, obviously they can do that on Facebook or they can do that through our website. Oh, that's great. That's great news because that's something that we all can do. I mean, maybe not everyone can take in a special needs animal as much as they'd like to, but they can donate. They can start a fundraiser. You know what I would really love? I've always wanted a kid out there to do this. So I'm just going to put this out there in the world. I want a kid to go around their neighborhood and do like a couch cushion coin fundraiser and just as many coins that they can scrounge up from their teachers, their classmates, their friends, their neighbors, whatever it is, and donate that to their local animal shelter. I just think that's one of the cutest things that someone can do. Like all the change in the center console in the car, all of that counts. <laughs> and, and what was the name of it? You said a, a couch? Well, uh, like a kid's couch. Oh, coin couch. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, okay. Couch like, cushion. Okay. Yeah, like couch coins. Cause you know, there's always like coins in the couch or coins. Yes. Okay. Cup holder, but you know, every single penny really does add up. And so that's something that kids can do and get really inspired about it. I want to make sure I heard that correctly because I'm going to put it on my Facebook page and ask people to, to contribute and they'll let us know where they are in the country. Absolutely. I would love that. You can do. And maybe we can spread it, ask them to share it with their friends and just see if we can get that going. Absolutely. And, and it's not something, it's not a giant ask. It's something that was exciting. It's something that would give a lot of kids out there pride in helping out. Yeah. 
yeah, if you are, if you love animals and you want to do this, then jump in and join us and help out. Yep, yeah. absolutely. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I love talking with you and learning about all the interesting things you're doing, you're making such a huge difference. And like I said, you are my hero. And thank I speak so for many, many of the listeners too, knowing, knowing it to be true. Thank you so much, Darcy. This hour has been amazing. And I, I really appreciate your support and I appreciate you having me on here today. And um, yeah, I just, I'm really grateful. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. I'd love to have you back. In the meantime, my very best to you and all your endeavors. Thank you for listening to Animal Soul Wisdom Radio, tapping into the wisdom of our animals, angels, and masters with Darcy Pariso. Tune in monthly as Darcy shares stories and insights on how to better understand and deepen our relationships with animals. Working with light and ancient techniques, Darcy is here to guide you through the process and provide inspiration to move forward. For more information or to listen to this show, visit DarcyPariso.com. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.